two trends have caught on in the digital space that I never thought would have taken off. I'm curious as to why they are so successful and have many questions regarding them. Both have been implicated in legal conflicts, but are going steady as of present. I'm of course speaking about streaming and the social media platform of TikTok. In this episode of the podcast, let's take a deep dive and a closer look into these digital giants. Hi, I'm Kevin, and I am the host of this podcast, and this is the only podcast hosted by me. And you are currently listening to A Mention with Kevin. Now, when I speak about streaming, I'm not necessarily talking about streaming like movies, Netflix, Hulu, Prime Video, Apple TV, Disney+, HBO Go, and the list goes on. I'm talking about video game streaming. You know, the activity where people record themselves playing video games to a live audience online? The practice became popular in the mid-2010s on sites such as Twitch and later YouTube, Facebook, and many other services. By 2014, Twitch streamers had more traffic than HBO's online service. Professional streamers often combine high-level play and entertaining commentary and earn income from sponsors, subscriptions, and donations. By 2014, Twitch grew to a great popularity, eventually hastened the closure of Justin.tv, which Twitch had originally spun out of. In 2015, YouTube launched its own streaming service, YouTube Gaming, a video gaming-oriented subsite and an app that is intended to compete with Twitch. Other video game-oriented streaming websites include Mixer, which is owned by Microsoft, Smashcast.tv, which was formed after the merging of Azubu and Hitbox.tv, and the South Korean-based Africa TV. Streamers and viewers register for free accounts with a service which lets them interact with each other by name and subscribe to or follow specific streamers. Home video game consoles such as the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One contain built-in streaming and optional camera integration. Home computers or PCs use software to upload a live stream to Twitch's servers. Building an audience in the streaming world is more difficult than setting up the software. Among other advice, game streamers recommend selecting a popular game which is more likely to interest viewers. Popular titles include League of Legends, Dota 2, or first-person shooters such as Counter-Strike Global Offense, and card games are also included such as Hearthstone. Viewers are more interested in players who play and entertain well offering jokes, pop culture, and current event commentary instead of repetitive gameplay. Streamers also recommend keeping a schedule so viewers know when to watch, self-promote on social media, and giveaway contests to build a follower count. Like I've mentioned before, careers actually have been generated for popular streamers who can generate sufficient revenue from viewer subscriptions and donations as well as platform advertisements and sponsorships from esports organizations. On October 2017, 
There was a report made by Super Data Research that estimated that more people subscribe to video game streamers and Let's Play videos on YouTube and Twitch than for all of HBO, Netflix, ESPN, and Hulu combined. So I thought while we're discussing these two digital giants, I would give you a little bit of a run through through the benefits and the risks that can come from these digital technologies. So first of all, the benefits are there many reasons why someone would want to record themselves playing video games for a live audience. Like I've said, professional streamers often indicate that they enjoy their job because they're their own boss and the amount of work they put in directly affects growth on their platform. So when a streamer is competent, they flourish and there's a strong sense of personal accomplishment. But let's not forget, there are risks to it. Thought streamers run the risk of being victim to stalking as with other publicly known individuals. For example, a teenage viewer showed up uninvited to a streamer's house and requested to live with him after having saved up for a one-way transcontinental flight. Another risk to streamers is swatting. You've probably heard of it. That's where someone makes a false report to police of serious crimes activity taking place at a streamer's residence, resulting in a police raid, which is often captured by the stream. Such activities can create serious risks to the streamers and even result in deaths. In December of 2017, officers killed a man named Andrew Finch at a, his Kansas home in a reported swatting. And so the risks run pretty high with streaming. Stream sniping is another risk that comes up, though it's not as dangerous to the physical well-being of a streamer, it's just plain annoying. Stream sniping is a common tactic to gain an advantage in a video game by watching a live stream of an enemy player. Several video game developers have taken out measures against stream sniping, and video games such as Rust and Fortnite now hide the names of popular streamers. After I'd gained all this new information on video game streaming, I still was left feeling well confused, especially in terms of content. For viewers, I have the question, what if you turn on a stream and it's not something interesting? Do you just watch another stream or another creator? Do you ever actually ever see that streamer's best content? For this, I assume the same argument can be made about YouTube and YouTube videos. You could switch to a better video, but through editing and video creation, you can make something really awesome out of the content that you capture and then you upload it after seriously editing and combing through it. I don't think that this is always the case for streamers, and I think it causes the audience to hang on to their devices longer to catch great moments in streams. It kind of requires an audience to be, well, a little clingy, and to always be watching on their phones, iPads, or PCs uh, to make sure that they catch when their streamer is on and if they'll get a good moment. As someone who makes YouTube content and podcast content, it's also hard to be on all the time. And so there's questions that I have in this area. Do streamers have talking points? Do they plan anything? Or do they just turn on a personality every time the camera is recording? Can you script dialogue when you're streaming? How do you improve speaking with the audience and not stuttering or making mistakes? I guess this question is easily answered as it's the same thing with 
podcasting or YouTube for that matter. Practice makes perfect. But still, it's, it's interesting. I guess you have to be really disciplined as a streamer, and especially those more popular ones, and really work hard at your craft. And so I guess this is something I'm going to have to look further into. And maybe some of these questions can be answered by gathering some more information and possibly talking to a streamer. Now, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about TikTok. And I know you've heard of this before. TikTok is a Chinese video sharing social networking service owned by ByteDance, a Beijing-based company founded in 2012 by Zhang Yiming. It is used to create short dance, lip sync, comedy, and talent videos. ByteDance first launched Douyin for the China market in September of 2016. Later, TikTok was launched in 2017 for iOS and Android in markets outside of China. It became available in the United States after merging with Musical.ly on August 2nd, 2018. TikTok and Douyin are similar to each other and essentially the same app. However, they run on separate servers to comply with Chinese censorship restrictions. The application allows users to create short music and lip sync videos of 3 to 15 seconds and short looping videos of 3 to 60 seconds. The app is popular in Asia, the United States, and many other parts of the world. TikTok and Douyin servers are based in countries where the apps are available. After merging with Musical.ly in August, downloads rose and TikTok became the most downloadable app in the United States in October 2018, the first Chinese app to achieve this. And three years after its launch on September 2016, TikTok acquired 800 million active users. TikTok has proven to attract younger generations as 41% of its users are between the ages of 16 and 24. Among these TikTok users, 90% of them say they use the app on a daily basis. TikTok users spend on average 52 minutes a day on the app, which is staggering and very interesting to hear. There are a variety of trends within TikTok, and this is probably why this app is so popular. It includes memes, lip singing songs, and comedy videos. Duets, a feature that allows users to add their own video to an existing video with an original content's audio, have sparked most of these trends. The app has also created internet celebrities and music trends around the world. Charlie D'Amelio is currently the most followed TikTok user with more than 50 million followers. Having not been previously famous before becoming a user on the app, Charlie rose to fame after a dance tutorial she posted in July 2019 went viral. A notable TikTok meme is Hit or Miss from a snippet of I Love Fridays Mia Khalifa 2018, which has been used in over 4 million TikTok videos and helped introduce the app to a larger Western audience. Other songs have also gained popularity because of their success on the app, including Roxanne by Arizona Zarafs, La 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 by BB No Money, Stupid by Ash Nico, Yellow Hearts by Ant Saunders, Truth Hurts by Lizzo, and a remix of Jay Sean's Ride It by Regard. TikTok was also a major factor in making Old Town Road by Lil Nas X 
become one of the biggest songs of 2019 and the longest running number one song on the Billboard Top 100. The platform has also, though, received some criticism because of this, because there is a lack of royalties towards artists whose music is primarily used on their platform. There is also controversy over whether or not this type of promotion is beneficial in the long run for artists. Like I said before, for both of these digital topics, I was going to weigh the benefits and the risks that occur while using them. With TikTok, it was a little different. The benefits that I saw was just virality and possible social connection with one another through another use of social media with TikTok. But in terms of risks, I saw quite a few. First off, we'll talk about cyberbullying and addiction concerns. Similar to other platforms, journalists in several countries have raised privacy concerns about the app because it's popular with children and has the potential to be used by sexual predators. Several users have reported cyberbullying on TikTok, including racism. In December of 2019, following a report by German digital rights group Netzpolitik.org, TikTok admitted that it had suppressed videos by disabled users as well as LGBTQ users in a purported effort to limit cyberbullying. In addition, some users may find it hard to stop using TikTok. In April of 2018, an addiction reduction feature was added to Douyin. This encouraged users to take a break every 90 minutes. Later in 2018, the feature was also rolled out for TikTok. There's also a lot of privacy concerns that surround TikTok. In its privacy policy, TikTok lists that it collects usage information, IP addresses, a user's mobile carrier, unique device and identifiers, keystroke patterns, and location data, among other data. In January 2020, Checkpoint Research discovered a security flaw in TikTok, which could have allowed hackers to access users' accounts using SMS. In February, Reddit CEO Stephen Huffman criticized the app, called it spyware, and stating, I look at that app as so fundamentally parasitic that it's always listening. The fingerprinting technology they use is truly terrifying, and I could not bring myself to install an app like that on my phone. Responding to Huffman's comments, TikTok stated, these are baseless accusations made without a shred of evidence. But in May of 2020, the Dutch Data Protection Authority announced an investigation into TikTok in relation to privacy protections for children. Also, on February 27, 2019, the United States Federal Trade Commission fined ByteDance for $5.7 million for collecting information from minors under the age of 13 in violation of the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. ByteDance responded by adding a kids mode, mode to TikTok, which blocks the upload of videos, the building of user profiles, direct messaging, and commenting on others' videos, while still allowing the viewing and recording of content. It's also had a bit of a stint with the Indian government. On April 3rd, 2019, the Madras High Court, while hearing a PIL, had asked the government of India to ban the app, citing that it encourages pornography. 
The court also noted that children using the app were at risk of being targeted by sexual predators. The court further asked broadcast media not to telecast any of those videos from the app. The spokesperson for TikTok stated that they were abiding by local laws and were awaiting the copy of the court order before they would take action. On April 17th, both Google and Apple removed TikTok from Google Play and the App Store. As the court refused to reconsider the ban, the company stated that they had removed over 6 million videos that violated their content policy and guidelines. But on April 25th, 2019, the ban was lifted after a court in Tamil Nadu reversed its order for prohibiting downloads of the app from the App Store and Play Store, following a plea from the TikTok developer ByteDance Technology. India's TikTok ban might have cost the app 15 million new users in this time. So the question I really have for people is why would anybody use this app? As a creator, I looked into TikTok if I should be switching over to this instead of making videos on YouTube or podcasts on any of these podcasting sites. Maybe I should try my craft in TikTok. TikTok, for one, is not very friendly to creators. For one, they don't have any form of monetization at all. So if I got really serious about this craft on TikTok, I wouldn't be able to monetize on it. The only way to do so is to get sponsors or to find outside means of being monetized. TikTok itself just generates all the revenue from its ads and profits from them themselves. This app is riddled with privacy concerns and being based out of China doesn't give the company a good look. It seems that it cooperates with the Chinese government quite thoroughly. And so if the government had ever asked to look into user data from the United States, North America, or Europe, it seems like the company would just roll over. So to you guys who are listening, I ask, do you use TikTok and why? Let me know at my Twitter handle at Kevin underscore Hobie. Well, guys, I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this extra long episode of A Mention with Kevin. If you like the content that I put out, I really encourage you guys to check out some of the past A Mention with Kevin episodes, or you can go to YouTube, type in Kevin Hobie or Studio Kevin, and check out some of the videos that I make on there. As always, guys, I want to remind you to brush your teeth and floss, stay safe, and I'll see you on the next one. Good night.